Really excited about this guest we have on the Paul Rivera podcast show. We have none other than the shoe surgeon. On this episode, he talks about how he got into the shoe game. He talks about how brands like Nike, Adi, and others feel about him. And he talks about the first time he did a shoe for LeBron James, and it didn't go exactly how he planned at first. And so much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. Um, here we are, another episode of the Paul Rivera podcast. Um, I have a confession to make right off the top. Um, anytime I've done a show, any sort of podcast, it's been with someone I've known, I have a relationship with, um, and it's been a very uh, informal conversation. Um, this is the first podcast that I actually meet the gentleman, my guest, that I'm about to introduce um, on the show. So we've met, you know, as most people do these days, um, online, social media, fan, huge fan of his work. Um, we connected. And actually, we were going to connect on some like, yo, let's just break bread and see what you got going on, what I got going on. And it was like, oh, by the way, you're going to be in New York? Why don't you be on my podcast show? And he was like, would love to. Let's make it happen. And so, so, so happy it happened. Um, Want to introduce, I always say this, but I feel none of my guests need an introduction, but I will anyway. Um, Dominic Chambroni. Yeah, Close enough? Yeah. But you probably know him better known as the shoe surgeon. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Listen, I was trying to, any of you that have been listening or watching the show know I've been on my fitness shit lately. Been working out. I got a trainer. Hey, me too. Yeah, really? Yeah. There you go. So yeah, like water. My assistant's handing me a bottle of water every five minutes. Like all of that. My guest comes in. Well, do you want to drink? 1942. I can't let him drink alone. So if my trainer happens to be watching this, it's just about me being a good host. It's not that I even wanted to drink. But cheers. Happy you're here, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Special occasion. Yes, absolutely. So let's get right into it. I think, you know, for me... Um, your story is incredible to me. You have a very non-traditional story, so I want to kind of, you know, start at the beginning and work our way to the current. Um, where's home? Where are you from? Um, I was born in Orange County, but I just say that because I was born there, but I was raised up in the Bay Area, okay. so Santa Rosa, okay. California, is an hour north of San Francisco. Okay. And where are you now? Where's home base now? Now, I've been four years in Los Angeles. Okay. And then, um, did you... Go to, did you go to school for what you do, college, design school? Talk to me. No, uh, I mean, after high school, I barely graduated. You know, I was thinking of design school and, d d like, uh, art colleges, but, you know, the money was very scary for me. And then just committing to being, having to sit there and follow someone's rules, I just, I, that wasn't just, that just wasn't for me. So everything that I know is either self-taught or, you know, some mentorships to take a little bit from shoe repair, took like a traditional shoemaking class. Um, other, I guess, customizers would help with things here and there. But, you know, I took all of this knowledge out of 15 years and turned it into what I do now. So when do you, I assume you grew up loving sneakers, right? Loving yeah, so what, <clears throat> how I got into sneakers, I, well, before I got into sneakers, I was always a kid that was creating. I was, like, building forts in my backyard with hammer and nails at, like, age 10. Uh, <laughs> I still can't do that shit. So, okay. It's impressive. I can't anymore. <laughs> but um, 
so I was always creative. And then <clears throat> high school came. I, my, I had one older brother, two younger brothers. My older brother was played basketball, soccer, football. He was friends with everyone. And I came into high school my freshman year. I was shy and quiet. I didn't really like talking to people. I didn't know how to express myself. And uh, I had an older cousin that had the original 1985 Chicago's. <clears throat> I didn't know what they were yet. So she let me wear them. They're a little too tight. Wait, like, she? So you're wearing your female cousin's? It was, okay. this, it was like a size eight. I think I was a size nine. She let me wear them, and I had like a, a Jordan. You know, it's like my f- first time in high school. You know, you, you don't know when you go into high school, you're kind of scared. You don't know, of course. know what to what to expect. And I wore them, and everyone walking through the halls was like, "Yo, what are those? Like, those, those give me pounds across the hallway." And I was just like, "Oh man, I don't like. I don't have to say anything no, to anyone." I like this. I yeah, like I don't, this I don't need to say a word, and people like respect me or whatever it is so that's when it was like instantly like okay now i need to figure out what's the next shoe <laughs> so then i was just working at like a the store in the mall like a sports store made friends uh with older guys that would backdoor jordans so we would get jordans early that was like the next thing so i'd go get can you hear me yeah yeah I felt like it cut out yeah <clears throat> okay um, got big budgets over here. Dominic. Don't play my mics like that, man. <laughs> so, um, so then it was like getting the Jordans early. So I'd get a pair of Jordans, and then I'd wear them to like a Foot Locker before they were released. And that was that same feeling. Like I can go in and just the guy would look at me, and I would just like smile and give him that head nod, and that made me feel. By the special. way, I still do this. By the way, <laughs> as a grown ass man, I still do that. I get a pair of Lebrons early, whatever, just casually, like, oh, these things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we'll do that forever. Yeah, for me, it's just, it changes. I mean, the story is crazy because that's what was always about, like, me wearing something special. And then after getting those Jordans early, my whole crew had those Jordans. So what was the next thing? There was no next, like, you know, every we literally had to text or call each other, like, what Jordans you wearing today? Mm. And it was just like, this, this sucks. This doesn't make me feel good anymore. Like, you could, everyone had the same shoes. So... I picked up an airbrush, airbrushed an all-white Air Force One mid in a full camouflage. How old are you when this is? 16. Wow. 16, did it, went to school. People flipped. People were like, oh, where'd you get those ones? And I was like, oh, shit, I made them. I mean, I painted them, and I painted it with like a model paint, so they cracked right when I wore them. But there was just something about creating something that I did with my own hands and wearing it and getting even better feedback. So then that was instantly like, okay, you got to figure this out. And then it was always about quality for me. How do you get better quality? So then it was like, how do I find better paint? And then it was like years of progression. You know, I barely graduated high school. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was 18, 19, just because I, my uncle moved out there. Okay. And I We feel have like two listeners in Charlotte, I'm sure. So <laughs> shout out to those two Man, guys. <laughs> Charlotte played a huge role in, okay. in, in my career. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I came from Northern California. Um, even just California is just like, how do you explain it? Surfer. It's just like relaxed, laid back. You know, I, so I'm, when I moved to Charlotte, I learned about, I, I ran into a Tandy leather factory. Um, I went, that's when I got into the first shoe repair shop that I've, I've, I've uh, so I got into that. But I used to go to all the malls, and you go to a mall, you go to a kiosk, there was already dudes airbrushing Air Force Ones right, or Uptowns, right, yep. and we didn't, I didn't have that in California. Mm. So I got to, like, learn more about the culture and, like, the, the real shoe shit that's been happening for years. Um, so I got to see that, and I got to really 
you know, be a part of it for a little bit. And, you know, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to take it to the next level. So all of these little things played a huge role. But actually, when I moved to Charlotte, <clears throat> I was, what is it, eight-hour drive, six-hour drive to New York City? Give or take, yeah. Sounds about right. So in California, you can drive over the whole coast, and that's, you know, L.A. to San Francisco is like six hours. So mm-hmm. it, that's a normal drive for us. Gotcha. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that drive. I'm going to go to Nor- New York City. It's the city I wanted to go to. I was close to it. So I drove up. Uh, with a friend and my brother at the time and just to just to feel the energy to go to the sneaker shops back this was 2005 2006 okay and uh i happened to go to the bape store and pharrell was outside who pharrell was just one of my uh just casually pharrell just yeah happens. pharrell was there such a, new york, uh, such a new york city story right what, there. i love it who else was there who's the guy that does the videos hype williams, hype williams yeah they were all there and i'm just like you know, I was young and I was just so You're like I'm not going back. That was the first. <laughs> that was the first time that I was just like starstruck because Pharrell Williams was the the guy that I looked up to from fashion to hustle to style, music, everything. So you know, I got to meet him and it was funny because I had like a tall tee, I had like long surfer hair with a, a grill. It was crazy times <laughs> for me. I got a photo of those hilarious, but um. Yeah, just I got this this energy from New York City that that because of being in North Carolina, I was able to get close to New York City, and that's that at that time when I was driving back from New York City, that's when I came up with the shoe surgeon. There's something about that trip that was just like you need to come up with like an alias. It wasn't really a business. It was just like what are you gonna call yourself? Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was what was it? Shoe surgeons. So with a money sign and a Z. Gotcha. Of course. So it was me and a, and a, and a homie. And um, just because it made sense. Like I was taking shoes apart, putting them back together, and like a shoe surgeon. Now, are you getting money doing this at the time? Is it a business? What do you like? No, like even in high school. So to, to go back in high school, so I made the shoes. I started painting for shoes for myself, but then I started painting them for other people because everyone was like, oh, make mine. Of course. And then it was like, fuck, I can't make stuff for myself anymore. It's... It's about other people, but it still wasn't business because I was always, I didn't feel good about charging someone when I wasn't happy with the quality. Got you. Um, That took many years to overcome. Like even in North Carolina, uh, that maybe I was charging 100 bucks to do something, which would take you a week worth of work, so you weren't actually making money. So after being in Charlotte for about a year, I moved back to Northern California, and I uh, started searching out shoe repair shops because, you know, there was something about a shoe. We didn't have shoe making in the United States. We had, like, cowboy boot makers, maybe, like, traditional boot makers, traditional shoes. But, like, I was on a journey to make the most expensive sneakers. It just didn't exist. I mean, you can go to Italy and do stuff, but I wanted to do it by hand. And... Um, so I started searching out shoe repair shops, and the first guy just cursed me away, like, get the fuck out of here. You're going to take my business. Like, and I was like 19. I was just like, how, how can someone, this older guy, I was just like, I didn't understand. It made me feel really uh, shitty. So, But the same, the same exact day, I went down to another shoe repair shop because if someone tells me no, that makes me want to do it more. So then I go to another guy. He was disinterested. He was busy. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a shoe repair shop, but it's not the most fun job, mm-hmm. and they don't make the most money. Um, so 
Then I went to a third shoe repair guy who was an older Italian guy that just liked to talk. So luckily I was able to just, you know, have a conversation with him. He helped me like find a, a sewing machine that I needed to purchase. But then I was like, hey, I want to learn. I want to learn this. And let, uh, let, let me ask you that. It's a great, you're 19, right? It would have been easy for you to say, I got this shit figured out. I'm dope. I got the most style to anyone in my crew. I'll just stay in my basement or my garage and design some kicks. What was the thinking behind saying, let me learn this craft? Because to me, that when I looked up your history, that was super impressive to me that a 19-year-old would say, let me do this. That's not glamorous, that none of my friends are going to think is dope. I'm not going to get any chicks because I'm doing this. At 19, you're thinking, let me learn a craft. What were you thinking? I think it was so difficult and so challenging. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what attracted me to it. Okay. Um, I like challenges, I guess, and like I could have kept, I could have been screen printing T-shirts, I right. could have doing the easy stuff, but that didn't, that didn't fuel my fire. So I don't know. There was something. It I didn't think it even existed. I didn't think making custom sneakers was a thing. I didn't think making shoes were a thing. I didn't even like even when I went to North Carolina, I ran into a leather factory, Tandy Leathers, the biggest chain leather factory in the United States. But I went in there, and there was like a rattlesnake on the wall. There's leather tools everywhere, and it just blew me away that you could make something with leather. So all of these little things just started adding up. Then I started getting into the shoe repair, and it's because I didn't know it existed. I thought I was, I think, searching. How I say it, I was in search of a hidden craft because it existed, but it didn't exist in the United States. Got you. Makes sense. So so how do you translate that into, okay, this is going to be the business I'm going to be in in terms of sneakers? Because even shoe repair, you're not repairing Air Force Ones and Jays, right? You're repairing, like as I would call it, like my Titi Brenda's like church yeah, shoes no, or something no, like Yeah, that. when like, I started, I was fixing purses and yeah, like, dress shoes and red wing boots. You resold boots. Mm -hmm. and So how do you go from that to saying, okay, you know what? I think there's a market. I think there's an opportunity. I think I have a passion here. I'm going to go and create a business. I, I mean, the, the way I look at it is like I put myself through 10 to 15 years of schooling. Wow. Um, so at first I got into shoe repair because the shoe repair guy didn't know how to make shoes. He just knew how to like use some of the machines that would still keep me creative and do unique things. So I started putting boot soles on vans. I started like doing things that didn't wow. exist at the time. Uh, I think two two years later, that's when Vans was actually putting boot soles. All the companies were putting boot soles. I was like ahead of the the time, but you know, I was a kid in an old shoe repair shop just doing custom stuff. And um, then I started making. I reached. I heard about Black Scale. You know, Black Scale. I've heard of it. Yeah. So they're from San Francisco, and um, they did a collaboration with Android Home at the time. And it was like a high-end, middle-of-the-line sneaker brand. So I went to the store and saw this sneaker in the store. I saw the video on like Hypebeast or Heist and Mighty back in the day. And it just like there's something that um, I really liked about it. So I, I fell in love with like fashion and uh, design. And so I found, I reached out to, his name's Javier Laval, who I uh, reached out to on Insta, uh, Facebook at the time. And um, I, I don't know. I just like, I reach out to people. Like if someone says, fuck you, I said, 
cool. Like, at least I tried or, you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not Mr. Cool Guy. Like, I'll say hi to anyone on the street. Like, Love it. It's just about, you know, what do they, what do they say? You, t- you miss as many shots as you don't take. Is that how it goes? That might be the 1942, but it's probably close. It's probably very close to that. <laughs> so I reached out to him and um, I said, hey, I want to learn design. And he said, yeah, you should, you know, like if you want to move to Los Angeles, because he was in Los Angeles, like, you know, I'll let you be an intern. And I never moved at the time, but I built a relationship. And he then reached out to me, I don't know, a few months later, like, hey, do you want to make some shoes for the VMAs? I said, sure. Oh, wow. So I made a custom pair of his sneakers for Will I Am to perform in at the VMAs when I was 22, 23. Um, so, but that's a big fucking deal, like, yeah. right? 22-year-old Will I Am MTV Awards, like... It was pretty big, and it was like my first check. I mean, it was like, I think, 300 bucks, but like I had that check. <laughs> and it was like something I actually got to create and it was on TV and it was yeah, it was it was it was a big deal. Would you say that's your first big like moment opportunity break like did the light bulb go off like okay, we we have some traction here. This is something I can I, Yeah, I think so at the same time though. I already had a relationship in LA somehow through a mutual friend and I was making custom shoes for H Lorenzo. I don't okay. know if you know the store, it's one of the highest stores yep. in in West Hollywood. Um, so a few things were happening at the same time. Law and Order SVU hit me up about the same time to make shoes for a TV show uh, for the episode Personal Fouls, if you ever check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so all this stuff was happening at the same time. So I don't think it was just like the will I am, but it it was definitely like this the energy. So it all happened fast, like at the same time. And then at the, when I delivered the shoes for Will I Am, um, I made um, I got introduced to Justin Bieber's stylist. Okay. So then he was, I don't know, young, um, but he was going on tour. So I started doing all of his tour shoes. Oh, wow. Which is, again, huge. It's Justin Bieber, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. So let me ask you, how would you, because I was thinking about it even like when I'm thinking about what, how I'm going to introduce you. How do you even introduce yourself? Are you a designer, a customizer, a shoemaker? Like, how do you... Today, yeah, as yeah, you sit today. in front of me. Um, well, I have to say shoe surgeon. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like I was at the uh, court site at the game, the Laker game the other day, and, you know, I go up to Nipsey. I'm like, shoe surgeon. He's like, oh, what up? Like, they, you know, <laughs> they all know me by shoe surgeon. That's you see dope. Travis Scott. You say shoe surgeon. He's like, oh, shit, I got to do some stuff. That's like, dope. Um, but, yeah, if I were to, like, do an introduction, and I say this a lot, it's like I don't believe in titles. I don't like that shit. Like, I'm a janitor. I own my own business, but um, I don't like the word customizer. Um, I guess I could say, oh yeah, I think it's artist now. Like okay. I'm an artist because I don't just I don't just do shoes. I build, you know, me and my wife do clothes. We do, you know, furniture, refurbish things, um, vintage things, and turn it into a lamp. So there's it's it's hard to like give it a you're a creative yeah you're an artist a creator well, yeah whatever you want to call it. So. Okay, Fair. I just I just don't like customizer i feel you it's a watered down thing everyone yeah. today is a customizer that yeah. guy you see behind the camera would define himself <laughs> as a customizer yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you've mentioned a couple of times instagram social media what role if any did instagram and social media play in like you coming up no instagram was huge um well i guess social media in general was huge um i made a python i made a python jordan 4 just because i wanted to 
for a friend in LA and I put it on Instagram and it kind of went viral. And that's when it, that started a whole industry of like Python Jordans. Mm. Like we started the industry because before it was known as fake and like don't touch Jordans. Of course. But then there was other people like me just kept pushing it. And then we started like competing, like quality had to get better. And um, yeah, that's kind of where it was. So you just touched on something that like maybe, and there's a lot of interesting shit you have going on, but for me... The biggest challenge question I have for you is we've grown up in a sneaker generation of if you know your shit with sneakers, you're like, those are fakes. Those were never made. Those are whatever, right? And the flip side of that coin is like, that's your calling card of like, those are never made. Those are one-on-ones. Jordan didn't make those. You know, what's that juxtaposition for you or what's that thought for you on like one-of-ones customs and like fakes? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just two different worlds. Like when clients would send me fake shoes to redo, I say no. Mm. So, you know, people can call my stuff fake and, you know. And do they? Do people? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was known as that. And even today you see, you know, people making comments about it. But it's like clients provide the shoe. It always comes from a real shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the goal isn't to be better than the brand that I work with. It's to enhance what they're doing already and just bring even more value. Yep. So, I mean, it's a good question because I I really dislike fakes. And there, I, I mean, I've got asked, like, why don't you just go get fake soles from China and do this? Like, no, like, I have some kind of integrity. It would like, make your life easier. It'd be yeah, it'd be cheaper. I'd, be, I'd, I'd have a house in L.A. right now. <laughs> like, right, right, right. you know what I mean? So I, I hold pretty high integrity of what I do like even if I use like any high-end brand like Louis or Gucci like I use the real shit I don't I don't like fake stuff because it's it's just I don't know but that's the artist in you right it's like there's a respect for the craft right going back to you again working in shoe repair and those I think things. it's yeah I'm, I've always chose the more what's the word the more challenging route mm-hmm. why take the easy route absolutely so you mentioned brands What's the response been? Because if you told me right now, brands fucking hate me, I'd believe it. And you're like, brands love me, I'd believe it. Like, what's been the relationship with brands, namely like the Nikes, Adis of the world, Jordans of the world? That's kind of a, I don't like to say hard. I, I, I don't believe in the word hard. So challenging. That's a challenging question to right. answer because a brand isn't one person, mm-hmm. right? There's tons of people involved of in a brand. So I believe there is a love and hate, but I've been paid by almost all of the brands to do something. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of love, but there's always going to be the people that don't like it. And it's, it's a challenge. It's, I feel like the brands want to work with me, but then they don't just because it's like, you know, I use exotics and then the brands don't use exotics. Mm -hmm. So I think they can utilize me as a safe ground where they're not getting in trouble for the things I do. If, there was a purpose, a reason to get in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, I worked at Nike back in the day, and I could, I could see myself, a younger version of me, being like, this is the guy we got to fuck with. But I could also see my boss being like, that's the guy we don't need to fuck with. Right? Yeah, no, so I, I think that's... that duality that's, of like... I mean, that still happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you, one of the things, and like I said, I, I kind of alluded to this in our intro. Um, I know you just as someone doing really dope shit right, in the culture, um, mostly through footwear, sneakers, 
um, doing dope custom stuff for people, which we'll get uh, into a little bit later. Um, In doing my research, I didn't even know about shoe surgeon school, right? Yeah. That's actually why I'm here. Yeah, which is, right, which is why you're in New York. That whole concept blows my mind. I think it's one of the most genius things no, thank you. That you that that I've seen in the culture. I literally was joking with my assistant as I was telling him, JT, who's in the room. Um, I said, "Damn, I think I'm a pretty successful guy in business. I don't know if I have a skill that I could put a school around and teach people and actually offer a class. Like, talk to me about like you can though. I mean, you can always <laughs> find. I mean, but but thank you. But but talk to me about like when did the idea hit? Like. I mean, I'm super excited, but I might, I'm literally going to sign up for one. Just I'm that intrigued by it. So even, well, it's four days, so you got to devote a, a 10 hour days. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real commitment, but at the same time, it's not because, you know, you're not signing up for a four-year college. You're just getting your feet wet. So you're, so there's a, tons of things. Before I even started this, the shoe school ten, um, three years ago, before that, I was giving lessons to kids because... I feel like I was, I didn't get what I needed to in growing up in schooling. Um, everything that I learned, I cheated to get through. Like I did not want, I did not want to know it, which now I'm paying for, mm-hmm. you know, like math and simple of math. <laughs> but um, by the way, I told you I have a 13 year old son. Try to help him with his homework. It's like uh, okay. Korean. It might as well be Mandarin. I have no clue what they're talking about. I have, I have two kids, so I'll be. Google, my friend. Google. <laughs> but um, I mean, there's always there was always a side of me that needed to to teach and give back. Or it's not even just about like teaching, giving the knowledge. It's inspiring them to do to be passionate, to find their passion. So, um, yeah. So I started the school three years ago, and 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 when it, the first class was in Brooklyn, actually, I got asked to do the class, and I didn't know how to feel about it. It was like, oh, you're giving away something that took me 15 years mm-hmm. to learn. No one just gave me this. Like, yeah. it took depression, struggle, yeah. all of these, like, really crazy shit to get where I'm at. So, Which is normally what happens with the first, they always say the first person in the door takes most of the bullets, right? So it's like you're creating a new model. Do people think you're fucking crazy in doing this? You're going to charge people for what? Like, no one will sign up for it. Like, what were your, what were your hopes for the first class? Like... Man, the first, so the, for the first class, I wanted to sell out. You know, it's, everyone wants to sell instantly. Of course. Uh, but when it's something that high price, like, it's going to sell. It's just not going to be instant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was trying to sell it for 2000 a pop, and it didn't sell, like, instantly. So what freaked the, out. So I was like, oh, we got to lower the price. So what didn't sell that you, so let's, I'm making it up. You want to get 20, what's, you want to get 20 students, and you got... 10 or you got two people? I think like, it was, I think, so when I put it for sale, I, it was 2000 and I, I just wanted 15 people. Okay. I don't think one thing sold. Really? Well, instantly, right? So right. it just took some time, but I dropped the price. At what point do you panic? Like people were freaking out though. Yeah. Cause the price, they're like, oh, that price is fucking crazy. Like we can't afford that. And I'm, you know, I'm an artist. Like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. So I dropped, I dropped the price um, pretty quickly to 1450. I just like weird numbers. Okay. Could have been 1500 but like 1450 Sounds like a much better bargain, by the way, to me, personally. <laughs> yeah, so um, ended up selling nine spots. Okay. Um, we got some action. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. Uh, and I w- came, and I the first class was like, bring any shoe you want. So there was like, 
one guy with a pair of LeBrons, one guy with the Common Projects, the uh, Balenciaga, two guys with three or three guys with different Jordans, a Jordan Five, just crazy, all different shoes. And I'm the only teacher at that time, <laughs> so I come. And it's a four day class. What is that it? one? Is a five day class. Okay. So I came to teach that class. That was fucking. That was nuts because I was the only one teaching, assisting, sewing, doing everything with ninety. How soon into that class do you realize? Okay, I may have fucked this up. <laughs> I, I don't think it really. I didn't. I didn't feel it till like, the class was supposed to be over on a Friday, and I was there till Saturday helping a guy finish his shoes because wow. he was so passionate. Mm-hmm. And that was like one thing that I. I didn't think I was ever gonna do it again, mm-hmm. but then after it's like these guys were so passionate just to learn what took me fucking forever to learn that like I'm willing to give back, and give them the knowledge that took me so so much struggle to get to. Because I also thrive off of their energy and their creativity. So if I can help them, it also helps me. So talk to me. That was the first one. Talk to me. What's the curriculum today? Today. Uh, 2018. You've done a number of them. What, what's, what's it evolved to? Uh, 30 students, four-day class, focus on one silhouette. And now I have a team that a lot of them came from past classes. Wow. So now I have a team I mean, I'm, I could be here right now because I have a whole team setting up mm-hmm. this, the class. And before that was just all me. And, uh, you know, shout out to the team because with, without a team, you, you can only go so far. Ask LeBron. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. That, that, LeBron and Drake and uh, who, who else? Ronnie Feig. Like, all these guys, mm-hmm. it's all about building the right team around you. 100%. And, and it's, that's the fucking hardest thing. 100%. Great people. Listen, in my business life, not to make it about me, it's like, People always ask me, what have been your greatest learnings in building a business or building businesses? The answer is always the same. It's finding great people. You can find money. You can find someone to believe in your idea. You can find ideas, right? It's finding great people to support you, support your vision, and to be able to help scale. Um, so let me ask you, 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 so the classes of how quickly does it sell out now? Does it sell out every time? Okay. I mean, now it doesn't sell instantly, but it was, I mean, it's still a high price thing, and you know, and you've the, gone up in price. It's not yeah, fourteen fifty so anymore. It's three thousand, and it's. Yeah. I still. I personally don't think it's enough because, you. If you have time, you got to come by this weekend and just get the energy. I would love to. So people fly from all over the world. Wow. Italy, China, Paris, Australia, Dubai. It's crazy. People come from all over the world. Does that bug you out? Well, it, what bugs me out is like I get a call from China or Japan or Mexico or Italy, like, "Hey, come teach us how to make shoes." I was like, "What? Wow. Fuck, I, where were you when I wanted to learn?" <laughs> it's like th- those are the, those are like the key places of that make shoes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of bugs me out. You know, I mean that that one still kind of gets me. It's like, but I understand like you know I'm a I'm a face and I'm a culture and I do things differently. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like how to make the shoe. So so it sells out 30 people. What are people getting for three grand? What's the what's it what is it today? Yeah, we provide I mean we provide the shoes. So everyone gets a pair of shoes that which, they which also makes your life easier. Yeah. On the back end, yes. right? Of like yeah. one shoe we're all designing, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the That's a learning. biggest mistake. <laughs> um, so we provide the shoes, we provide all of the materials, we provide lunch every day, we provide obviously the knowledge, um, the 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 machinery access um, a whole you know bro- like brochure of just like where to get like 
where to get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, pro- we provide like an event and a dinner for everyone. Oh, that's dope. We provide, so that's the thing. You got to feel it because, because um, it's like a family atmosphere. Like there's 30 people from all over the world that come from different backgrounds, but there's no ego, mm. which I feel like that's hard to come by these days. Of course. Um, so it's like a family atmosphere. Everyone just has a good time. The other thing we provide is like the ability to collaborate with us. So one person at the end of it will put the shoes up for a vote online and one winner will get to collaborate with us and we'll produce that shoe. Oh, shit. Super dope. And then the proceeds, I mean, they make their money back for the class. Mm-hmm. I love it. What's your, what's your goal for shoe surgeon school long term? Is that how many would you like to do? Is it... Yeah, we're planning out next year right now. Um, the goal is to... It's funny, though, because some of the people that actually take the classes are, like, Nike employees. Or, really? Or just... Don't get nobody fired. Don't yeah. <laughs> different, different people from different industries. It's, it's, it's cool, but I think there's just... It's something very important to provide workshop type of experiences mm-hmm. because you're not investing... A year, you're not investing a ton of time because that's the most important thing. Of course, that we don't and we do have is of our course. time. So if you can give them bite-sized pieces, um, they can feel it out. They love it. They're gonna keep going with it. They're like, no, oh, that was cool, but that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I think there's something important with that, and that's how I feel like schooling should be. Um, other than what I'm doing right now, I think it's very important for me to go back to the youth and get this kind of stuff to the youth. And, you know, I have a three, my son just turned three yesterday. Oh, wow. Dope. Congrats. So I think, thank you. I think we need to get stuff like this makers classes to them at a very early age mm-hmm. so they can test it out earlier. Mm-hmm. If they like it, like music, like he's in music class. If he likes it, he'll keep doing it. If he likes soccer, he'll keep playing it, whatever it is. But I think this kind of stuff like trade, work should also be introduced to them at a very young age. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think for me, I always say like, and I'm older than you, but like our parents' generation was like, no, 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 You're going to go to school. You're going to get a good job. You're going to support your family and do what you're passionate about on the fucking weekends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like passion isn't paying the light bill, right? And I think our generation has figured out, you know, and again, no shot to them. They were doing the best they could and trying to prepare us, right? Obviously, um, but I think our generation has realized, hey, you know what? If you're really, and you're a great example of it, if not the greatest, if you're passionate about something and you really commit to something, you can make a really good living out of it. Um, so we're not going to force our kids into anything. We're going to encourage you to help find your passion, whether that be music, DJing, dancing, whatever it is. You know, I think it's super dope. I think you know, it's a great transition into you know, the one thing I wanted to ask you. You just recently came off of ComplexCon. And I love what that's become because it's almost, you know, Joe LaPuma is a friend of both of ours. He likes to say it's like what the internet would be physically if you put it into the real world. Um, what was your experience at ComplexCon? Like, you know, this year's the, this, this year this, this year's, year's been the best yet. Okay, I've been there since the first year. So okay. only what two three years ago now or two years ago now. Um, they were a little crazier, um, but I had a, I had this same conversation earlier today, I believe, and it, or yesterday. And it's like, yeah, they, you want the energy from what it would be like on the internet. That's why it is a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's only two days. 
it's only two days of your life, so if it's too crazy <laughs> for you, it's two days. But this year has been the best yet. They separated the music. They made a way bigger area for food separated. They kind of spread it out a little bit more. Um, they Yeah, the separating the music was huge because the music used to be right in it, which mm-hmm. was a little intense. Yeah. Um, but it was it's it was good. That's the energy, like you you know you get to meet everyone on the in a sense on the internet. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I know all these people through the internet, but I I like to shake someone's of hand course. and like say, hey man, I really respect your work and be able to see someone face to face is I feel like a huge huge part that we're missing. So Complex Con does that. No, um, athletes, talent, are people reaching out more often? What's that been like? Who have you done work for? I don't really like talking about it because I don't like, um, what's the word? I don't like putting it on blast because it's not what I'm about. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that, you know, uh, NBA play, you know, just athletes and, and artists and actors reach out to me. Um, so I'll make this easier for you. I know you did a shoot for LeBron. Right, no. Yeah, so what was that process like? Did Nike reach out to you? It was first thirtieth well, thousand, right? Well, yeah. So before I even did that one, I did one for. I'm sure, you know Brennan. Of course. So he reached. What's up, Brennan? Well, yeah. Shout out to it's Don. A great dude. Don man. C. Don, Don C. Introduced dude. me to to him. By the way, our whole <laughs> world is like maybe one and a half degrees of separation. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Which I think is always really dope. But Brennan, so Brennan through Don C. Reaches out to you. Yeah, and okay. he, he wanted. Let me see how to word this. He wanted an all gold shoe for the GQ. Oh, that's right. Did you do that shoe? That was, yeah. It's a dope, so, that's a dope, dope, thank you. Dope, 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 dope shoe. By the way, thank I you. didn't know you did that. No, that was, I mean, that was all Brandon. That was his idea. Very. I was just, I was dope just able shoe. to bring his idea to life. I can tell you this: I was with Bron when he saw the shoe, lost his mind. Yeah, well, that was the best part. Was he was like he he's wearing them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I did that for them. That was successful. I mean, Bren is a genius. He's amazing. So then Nike wanted to uh, gift LeBron a pair of shoes for hitting 30,000 points. Mm-hmm. So they're, they showed me that picture of the other one I did. They're like, we want something like this, but like real gold and this stuff and that. Don't you love when a brand comes to you like, we want this, but even bigger. You're like, yeah. Jesus, this is big. Like- I know. No, that, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was good. And it was... It was a struggle because they wanted it in like three days. I'm sure. And it's like, I hate saying no, but I have learned to like, quality is on the line. So sometimes you have to be like, no, we need time. Mm-hmm. So that was like a six month, six month process just to get that shoe right. Wow. Yeah, six months. That's nuts. Because I, I mean, I, I sourced real solid gold, not, well, solid gold plated crocodile you can't really have solid gold hard gold on croc but they actually electroplate gold on top of it so the first batch i got was f- fucked up like i made a shoe out of it it came off so i had to probably make five uh, samples before i could even get it right wow then i had the jewelry made all of the metal pieces the real gold diamonds and that came out shitty the first time so then i had to f- re take I mean, it was a very expensive project. Uh, It was a fun project. And why I, I mean, I think it was more expensive for me than anyone. (laughs) But um, it was for someone that I respected from as, you know, as a, as a, as a person that, you know, built something big for himself. And it was, it was, 
I'm grateful to have the opportunity to work with Nike on a project for LeBron. Super dope. Let me ask you, so, you know, and I got to get you out of here because I know you actually have a shoe surgeon, shoe school tomorrow, but um, you've worked with the biggest athletes, biggest talent, biggest brands. You have your own school, you know, um, with 2019 almost upon us, which is crazy. What are you looking forward to? What 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 are your goals for 2019, either personally or for the school, just or for the the shoe surgeon brand? What are you excited about? Planning. I've always been a person that hasn't really planned. It just like happens. So I've known sustainability of a business and success is going to have to come from planning. So that's a huge thing. Um, right now I'm drawing up floor plans at a new space in downtown LA and we want to put a, a basketball court on the, on the roof. Oh, dope. You can actually see from the freeway, the 110 and the 10 meet downtown LA, you can see the roof. So we want to put a basketball court there. I might have a couple of minutes left. If I, if I get the right stretch going, man, you never know, man. That and uh, the original line. So I've been working on my original shoes for the past, I don't know, I would say since, you know, the past eight years. A shoe surgeon original line. Yeah, it wouldn't be called shoe surgeon. It's more chambroni. Okay. But it's um I we've already, I already offer it to like private clients that can come into the studio. Gotcha. But that's gonna be huge focus. Oh, very dope. Um pushing the schools, doing more stuff for the kids in the community. Um what else for two thousand nineteen? You act like that's not enough, like launching your own line, school, community. Um, let me ask you this. So before I get you out of here, for our listeners that are interested in knowing more about the school, where do they go to find out more about the school? I mean, you can check out Instagram, The Shoe Surgeon, or uh, the website, shoesurgeonshoeschool.com, or check out theshoesurgeon.com. Dope. Um, no better way to end it. Thanks. I know you're super busy. I know you came to NY for... School, good to meet you. Yeah, like likewise. We'll, we'll kick it off, off microphone. Yeah. Um, but again, man, congrats. I mean, you're literally there's only a handful of people literally moving the culture, um, and doing like really dope shit for the right reasons. So congrats to you, and I'm excited to see where you take the brand. So yeah, man, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. All right, All right. peace. That's a wrap.